I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. He ain't fiery. He ain't he ain't hot. He ain't sad. He's trolling. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Luca! Man, oh my Let's gosh. Go. What a Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I'm so I'm so hyped. <laughs> Somebody did tweet at me and said, We've gotten more we've we've gotten trolling Isaac twice as much than we've gotten any pumped up Isaac or fiery Isaac. And I'm not gonna apologize for that, but I'm just saying that that Lucas shot at the end, he should have drove. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I mean, it was just a bad shot and horrible. Why is he shooting those shots? And Stop. why I mean, why didn't he come Stop. in earlier in the fourth quarter? Let the fans appreciate greatness. <laughs> Let him appreciate greatness. Greatness is exactly what it is. Let me just get all my trolling out. Where's the Ben Simmons stuff? Where is Trey Young? Where are you at? Like, we're not even comparing Luka to those guys anymore. Sorry. Like, that that part of Twitter is just over. We're comparing Luka to LeBron James right now. So, let's just get Trey Young, Ben Simmons conversations out of the way. I wish I had the time and energy to go back and find all the people and all the Sixers fans who quote tweeted... When I tweeted out that Luca was better than Ben Simmons, how many people quote tweeted that tweet and said, "Oh, I'm bookmarking this uh, old takes exposed, like all this different stuff." Can't wait to see this tweet. You know, age. I wish I just had the time to go back and just quote tweet all of these people with this stuff now because while Ben Simmons is building houses with his bricks, actually he doesn't even shoot bricks because he doesn't even take shots because he's too scared. <laughs> Luca's over here putting forty point triple doubles. This is unbelievable right now. Also, shout out to the Suns and Kings. We got to give them shout outs right now. Thanks for passing up on him. I'm glad DeAndre J- DeAndre Ayton is enjoying uh, his suspension right now. Marvin Bagley, I hope your hospital room's great, recovering from your injury. But Luca, sorry guys. I mean, Atlanta Hawks, I'm glad you got Trey. You might be decent in the East one day, but... Who is it? Ryan McDonough and Vladi Divac. Just thanks, guys. Thanks, Vladi. Appreciate it. Thanks, Your team's Vlad. doing good. Actually, you're doing good in November, so that's good. Is there anybody else I'm leaving out? Thanks, Vladi. Yoda? Thanks, Vladi. Rashad Phillips. And Shout out Dirk to you was better in draft Space coverage. Jam than you. <laughs> oh, man. What a night. Obviously, obviously, we're gloating a lot. Uh, this is a very different podcast than after that Knicks game. <laughs> Dear God. But today, Shout out I'm- to the guy who tweeted at me and said after the Knicks game that the Mavericks playoff hopes are dead, that they're done for. If they lost these two games against the Knicks, there's no way anymore. And shout out to you, bro. Happy you know, you're enjoying life right now. Gosh, who else? Is there any more people we need to shout out? I'm just on a roll at this point. I just Shout out to the Lockdown Mavs listeners that have been here since before Dennis. Oh, shout out to you guys. 
the Jonathan Gibson days, I literally was talking to Dorian Finney-Smith tonight after the game at his locker about just life and different things, and he brought up Jonathan Gibson. I'm like, man, I haven't heard this name forever. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to you guys who've been listening since then. <sighs> I haven't even gotten to see anything that Pop said. Did Pop say anything really cool about Luca and stuff? Pop got a uh, a local Mavs emotional a local Mavs reporter pretty good. Oh, <laughs> uh, did he talk about it? He did not. He did not want to talk about it, but eventually he did. Okay. Talk about it. <laughs> We're literally recording this. What I mean, it's one o'clock in the morning your time, a little past twelve my time. I just got home. This was a super long night in the AAC. Not super super long, but uh, talked to a decent amount of people tonight. It was just a, an incredible atmosphere in the arena. There's always a ton of Spurs fans that come to these games and it's just there is a, a rivalry between the two these two Texas teams and it's kind of the same with the Rockets too. But Spurs fans travel well up to Dallas and uh, it was fun. The comeback, you know, by them, I we're glad it didn't work out, but it made it a little bit more entertaining and um man, it was just a, a fun night and place. And Luca you literally can't say enough about this guy. I mean, he's for sure a top 10 player in the league. I think if he did MVP votes right now, he would probably finish in the top three as far as MVP votes in the league, which is insane. The level of basketball that he's playing at is unbelievable. And he put up his career high in Under Armour's. <laughs> On the podcast today, we're definitely getting into the Mavericks 117 to 110 win over the Spurs. You're going to hear from Rick Carlisle. You're going to hear from Luka Doncic. You're going to hear from Chris Porzingis. Lots of stuff, lots of audio coming. So, man, w- what a game. Take us through the beginning. Luka's shoes, just everything you saw in the arena. Because uh, the, the shoes really stuck out. And this is the first time he's ever worn Under Armour, right? Yeah, he wore the Curry 7s tonight. Uh Sour Patch Kid uh, version of them. It, I, however you want to read between the lines of this, if you care about shoe stuff, which I I love shoe stuff, and I love you know I do care about it. But Luca is a free agent right now. I asked Luca, um, and well that I, I and flaunting that he is a free agent, shoe shoe free agent. Yeah. Yes, um, I asked. I talked to Luca about it briefly. Uh, I guess two weeks ago. It was off the record, so I'm not going to really explain that stuff. But he is a shoe shoe free agent. He can wear whatever he wants to right now. It's very very clear and very open that he loves Nike <laughs> and he wears Nike a ton. Every basketball game that he's played, he's been wearing Nike. He loves the Kyrie's. He loves Kobe's. Uh, he's, he wears Nike you know, off the court too. But and his Nike deal ended, but nothing's happened with Nike, and I, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, we're not going to speculate what's going on with that. Is that a Luca thing, Nike thing? Is Luca? I mean, is Nike meeting this, the standards that Luca's wanting? We don't know. I mean, so he's still a free agent. He can wear whatever shoes he wants, and there is a uh, member of the Dallas Mavericks who is a, a little brother of the face of the Under Armour brand and mm. Steph Curry. So you know that uh, he's been in his ear about that. And he warmed up in some curries a few weeks ago. But tonight was the first night that he actually played a game in a non-Nike shoe. And it definitely had some people talking. A lot of media was talking about it. He was asked about it after the game. And he just simply said, hey, I'm a free agent. I'm just trying out different shoes right now. Do you think this was a tiny shot at uh, how much is Nike feeling right now if, yeah, his career high, career night, 
he puts it up in Under Armour shoes and not just Under Armour shoes, but super bright shoes. Steph Curry was tweeting about it tonight. This is a little warning shot to Nike saying, hey, uh, let's, uh, y'all better uh, close this deal because I'm, uh, yeah. I'm showing off some new shoes over here. There's another player in the clubhouse for sure. There's there's somebody else. There's some there's some competition. So all right, coming up, let's break down this game. The end of the game was just some crazy stuff that happened in order for the Mavs to pull off this win. And so let's get into that coming up next. All right, Isaac. So there's so many things to get into. We're gonna get into the audio from Carlisle, Luca, and Porzingis about Luca's role him carrying the load his playmaking Luca's stats he had a funny quote about about him and LeBron with stats that I thought was hilarious and then obviously Luca and Porzingis on Dorian so we'll save the Dorian stuff to the end a little bit when we we hear from Luca and Porzingis on his play but Luca 42 points 11 boards 12 assists I mean just an incredible line an incredible night for him I tweeted out his shot chart too he just got all of his shots were literally around the three-point line, most pretty much all above the break, and then in the paint, he just was getting his floater off so easily against this team, and the Spurs are weird because they don't have really a rim defender. Like, like Marcus Aldridge is kind of, but he's not an elite rim defender, you know, like a Rudy Gobert type or a Clint Capella type. He's just, he's not like that, and so... They can get anything off at the rim pretty much, or Luka can at least, because he's just gotten so good at stopping, hesitating, the patience he has when getting into the lane, finding the right spot, getting to the right spot that he needs to, and then throwing up a soft floater. You know, That's where he got a lot of his work done tonight. Drawing fouls? I yeah. Mean, it, feels like when, it feels like when the shots go in, it's just it's so easy for him. But it's still so weird <laughs> no, because they're not – do they score? Do they score more when his shots go in? No, no, no. Well, I'm saying when when the shots go in, it just seems so easy. He makes it a look lot easy. of them. Yes, it seems so easy. Makes it look easy. But then if it doesn't go in, it feels like it should be a foul every time. And trust me, he thinks it's a foul oh. every time. <laughs> I love Luke. Oh, okay, I don't want to <laughs> no, go. Don't do that tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> the crying. The, no, yes, the whining tonight. gets on my nerves a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> but. He, he he shot 13 free throws tonight, 9 of 13 from the free throw line. He's a master at drawing fouls in the paint. It just it seems like everything is just at his will on the basketball court, and it's just absolutely insane. Did you know that he's 20 years old? I didn't know if you knew that or not. But he's 20, which is crazy. DeJounte Murray, I mean, he just made him look like, I don't know, I mean, he just made him look like another guard in the league, and Murray's a pretty dang good, you know, yeah. guard defender in the league. And I mean, Derek White, you know, took turns on him a little bit, and he just made Derek White look stupid a few times. And it's just unbelievable the level of basketball, especially offensively, that Luke is at. He can literally go head to toe. Yeah, <laughs> with I had to get that in there with anyone in the league and he is he is right now and we'll talk about the the offensive load that he's carrying Carlisle mentioned that which I thought was interesting but yeah he's doing a whole lot and finally the three ball was going down for him he what did he finish with five of 13 which is not an incredible percentage but he still was was hitting threes better than you know 20 percent or something, something that he's been shooting recently so that was great to see poor Zingas his three-point shot was going down too he was four of nine he had 18 points 10 boards uh, I liked at the very beginning of the game, and this has been against a couple of easier opponents, but 
it's been nice to see Luka focus on playmaking at the beginning of games and Porzingis really focusing on the boards and getting rebounds mm-hmm. and uh, you know whether it's offensive or you know on the defensive end after missed shots as well at the very beginning of the game the first couple of minutes because I think it really sets a tone for this team because they've had really bad starts that's we dedicated a whole podcast to talking about how the Mavericks have had really bad starts in their starting lineup and how they changed it so much seems like they've really settled into this Luca with Porzingis obviously Curry Dorian has really stepped up and become a definite starter and then either Maxi or Powell. We thought for sure it would be Maxi, but I guess Carlisle still wants to go back and forth between them. But with that group, it feels like they're really getting an identity with those two doing those two actions at the very beginning of the game. And I thought that that was that was a big deal because the Mavs won that quarter, thirty six to twenty two. And if they don't win that quarter, they might not win the game. What a, what a first quarter! I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, that was an incredible first quarter, Luca. Hit what I think he was four or five. Yeah, he was the three on three-point line that, that in the first quarter. <laughs> he was feeling it. Um, you know, yeah, they held what the Spurs had. You say twenty-two points yeah. in the first quarter. I think. You know, if you go back to what Carlisle said after the game the other night, where they're kind of benchmarks is holding holding teams under twenty-five points in a quarter, and it's like, hey, they won that quarter. They held him under twenty-five points, just twenty-two points in that quarter. And yeah, I mean, they they offensively they it kind of goes. The conversation about how much Luca handles the ball, his usage rate, and just how much he has the ball in his hands. There were time, times tonight, especially I think it was the third quarter, maybe the first or the fourth, where <clears throat> it, it seemed like he was forcing it just a little bit. He he shot it. He missed a couple consecutive shots, and uh, he was getting close to that forty mark. And you know, like you wanted him to hit that forty as a fan, and but you wonder. I look at the LeBron side, and when you see LeBron in some of these big games or finals, playoffs, and even now in regular season games, how LeBron would start off games sometimes and not even be looking for the bucket. He would be getting guys involved, getting guys going in the rhythm, getting everyone else going because he knows he can get going at another time. And I wonder if that's going to be a focus at some point moving forward. But yeah, I mean, the supporting cast, I think you, you did you hit a good point. We could start to see a little bit more, a little consistency coming from lineups moving forward. And, you know, these past couple games, the starting unit, at least those four, you might, I think, yeah, we could see Dwight and Maxie swapped out a little bit. I think the Seth Curry thing, I, I think it's almost by default a little bit because how much they like DeLon and Brunson together yeah. off the bench to where it almost defaults Seth to the starting unit. And it's a good thing. We like him there. And Tim Hardaway Jr. not stepping up and becoming a good, you know, catch and shoot three point shooter. That's been yeah. big for Curry too. <laughs> Making him <laughs> rise to the top. Yeah, so they love the DeLon Brunson pairing off the bench. Uh I haven't talked with them about it. I want to get I was gonna talk more or ask him about it tonight, but I wonder if that is uh, a reflection of, or the Dallas version of Delon and Van Vliet coming off the bench yeah. for that Raptors team last year, and uh, they just they're playing really well together. The numbers show that too, plus minus stuff of them together shows that. And so, yeah, the, I think it's pretty consistent. We should see Dorian, Porzingis, Seth, and Luca moving forward, and then we'll see what Dwight and Maxi swapping out there. I still think Maxi should start over Dwight, but Agreed. oh well, he played more minutes I mean, tonight, so. Yeah, he played more minutes. So, and then after that, I mean, yeah, the only other person after that you have to figure out is Tim Hardaway and his minutes. But 
he is a, a key part of the second unit right now. And uh, what's Tim Hardaway's line tonight? Oh, okay. Let's stay on the positive side. Yeah, not good. We've been over the Tim Hardaway Jr. stuff. Nothing, nothing new. Still bad decisions. All that. Uh, I thought it was interesting though that he. I made note of this play. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, is Justin Jackson buzzer beater? Second quarter at eight four eight minutes and forty seconds. Tim Hardaway Jr. gets the ball. And he's driving up the floor. Somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. Carlisle's yelling at him, hold, 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 because he doesn't want him to rush and rush and take a shot. And he's yelling hold at him. And Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of hears him, turns around, doesn't really get it. Are you sure that wasn't just Twitter saying kinda, that? Or? No, I, I heard Carlisle say hold. And then he, he drives in. And that's when he drived in and, and, and hit Jakob Pertl and got the offensive mm. foul uh, in a bad way. I guess he got called for an offensive foul. And then immediately right after that, so time stops. And he sub and Carlisle subs Dorian in for Tim Hardaway Jr. And then we really didn't see him at all the rest of that quarter. And then we didn't see him at all much the rest of the game either. And I just thought that was very interesting that his, the leash is, the leash is shortening. It feels like, but we've been we maybe yeah. we've been over that. But I just thought that that was an interesting play. Um, so Jalen Brunson is still playing you know mirrored minutes to Luka Doncic. <laughs> 13 minutes, 13 minutes, 17 seconds, and Luca played 35 minutes, 14 seconds. That's literally, you know, you add those together, it equals 48 minutes. And uh, it's it sucks for Jalen Brunson that he's not getting more minutes because he, I thought he played really well tonight. He had some really good plays. He was hitting shots finally. Especially if Luca plays all the fourth quarter. <sighs> Troll Isaac is back. Troll Isaac is back again. All right, coming up, let's get into the audio. Let's get into the Dorian Finney-Smith stuff because we haven't talked about him but he should definitely get some love tonight. So we'll talk about Dorian. Yes. We'll talk about Luca carrying the load and all that stuff you hear from everybody coming up. But before we do, use your basketball knowledge to prove that you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. If you need some extra mm. cash, just go to mybookie, bet on some games. I mean, what's it going to yes. hurt? You're not going to get like addicted. It doesn't matter. Use the promo code, <laughs> use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and mybookie will match 50% on your first deposit. That's like free money that you can bet on games. 50% they'll match it. Listening on the go, if you can't visit MyBookie right now, which I know a lot of you are in your cars right now, you can find this in all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Don't yawn while I'm doing this, this read. You can find it there. I put a link in the description of this podcast. So you can click on that and find all the offers, MyBookie and otherwise, on that site. All right, Isaac. <laughs> All right, Isaac. So let's hear from Rick Carlisle about Luka Doncic carrying the load for this Mavericks team. I thought it was a very interesting sentiment from him. It's not surprising to me. I, you know, this guy can do anything he wants to on the basketball court. Um, and, you know, he's having just one of those magical runs right now. And, um, it's, it's a phenomenal thing to watch. It's a phenomenal thing to be a part of. Um, and, you know, his teammates, uh, you know, are, we're all just, you know, kind of along for the ride here. Um, but, uh, you know, in the big picture, this is an awful lot to ask of a guy <laughs> 20 years old. I mean, let's be honest. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's hard to fathom how much that kind of production takes out of you in an, in an NBA game. You know, I, um, 
it's just a lot. It's a lot emotionally. It's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of weight to carry. And um, you know, go as we move along. Um, you know, f finding balance just to just to help. You know, Luca with load is is an important thing, and, and I'm looking at that all the time. I just thought it was interesting his sentiment about Luca just carrying a load, how much it weighs on him, Luca himself, physically, you know, emotionally, and what it takes out of him. You could even see at the end of the game if you're watching a Fox Sports Southwest when Luca came up to you know Jeff Skin Wade for the post game interview. He was just it seemed like he was gassed, and Skin even mentioned that to him. But that's kind of the norm in the NBA right now. Harden is taking more shots than he's ever taken before. You have Pascal Siakam is carrying the load for the, the thunder for the thunder, the Raptors. You have I mean DeMar DeRozan took a bunch of shots tonight. I mean it's, it's becoming the norm now for star players to just carry more and more of the load. I, I tweet out a bunch that we've never had as many 27 point per game scores as we've had in the NBA right now. We've also never had as many players over 30% usage. You know, in the NBA, there's just it's the offense in the NBA right now is if you have a star player, they run the ball, they run everything, they run the whole offense, and everybody else just fills in around them right now, and it's it's just normal. That's what it is. Yeah, it's normal. I don't know how sustainable that's going to be moving forward, especially when it comes to playoff stuff, because you want them to have, you know, it, you want them to have a secondary playmaker guy to. You know, lighten the load a little bit and yeah Lucas 20 he's handling it right now uh, but I think as time goes on you don't want him handling this big of a load as much as he is now and I don't know what that looks like but you know you look at the Clippers and having Kawhi and Paul George obviously they haven't you know won with that yet but you know that that plays in this in my plan to decision that Kawhi may have gone to the Clippers and wanting somebody like Paul George to help with that load and you know, and LeBron having Anthony Davis in you know in LA, and so <clears throat> I I like his his line when he said, you know, we're all along for the ride at this at this moment. He's praised Lucas so much, and that's just a little. Rick's praised people, but it's not it's different than last his, year. Yeah, it's not. It, it hasn't been a part of Rick's DNA, and <clears throat> it's been really cool to see all the stuff Rick has said about Luca. But yeah, Luca. You watch this game. I mean, yeah, there are multiple times tonight. I'm like, dang, it feels like Luca's had the ball so much. And it's awesome because we love Luca and I love watching Luca play basketball. And you want it in his hands. Is, you know, I mean, this whole, the whole thing about his rotation stuff. We get mad when he's out of the game. We want him in the game all the time because he's the best player on the team. And so, but I do question the sustainability long-term and I, I, when I say long-term not just like this season I mean like long-term long, as his career progresses yeah can he do this for 12 years can he do this for 20 years you know I mean that, that's a, a big thing for the, this organization I feel like that's why they've stuck to his rotation his normal rotation and you know some people get upset if it's not you know flexible but they have to stick to it because he they can't overplay Luca because it's a regular season game and at the beginning of his second season <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting from Carlisle. So let's hear from Kristaps uh, Porzingis on Luca and his night, and uh, if he takes any credit for for what Luca was doing. I just thought this was funny. And then uh, let's talk about Dorian Finney-Smith a little bit. How is he able to do all this? Uh, 
I'll take some credit for it. <laughs> Stretching the floor. Um, but he's just, you know, he's just doing his thing, penetrating, drawing fouls, being super effective for us, shooting the ball well. He had a clutch shot at the end. You know, he's doing it all for us, and, and you know, I'm happy that, that he's able to play at this level right now. I just thought it was funny he took credit. I'll take some credit for that right now. And honest, honestly, that cadence and just his tone sounded like Dirk to me. If you if you close your eyes yeah. and you you really hear it, like it it sounded like Dirk to me, uh, which is just funny the way he the way he said it, the joke, the little joke that he made. But I thought you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you text me that and I laugh. I'm like, it really does. Like that's a joke that Dirk would make when uh, he's around. And <sighs> poor one out for Dirk. Love Dirk. But um, I've said this a lot, but. Porzingis is just a blast to have in the locker room, and I just love talking with him. His, he's just uh, to cover and to have uh, to get quotes from, and just from a media perspective, he's just a great guy. That he always smiles when he sees us. I don't know if because New York was just so bad, and now he's in Dallas, and this is just a piece of cake compared to what New York is about. <laughs> so he just appreciates Dallas more or Dallas media, but he just gives great quotes and just talks to everyone and just a blast to talk to. So I can't praise him enough on a media personal side of that, but yeah, I mean, I love what he said about Luca and he's obviously a big fan of Luca and it's cool seeing those two guys just kind of praise each other all the time. And then here's a quote from Luca about his historic night. Obviously, this was said over and over again, but we haven't said it yet. He's the only player under the age of 21 to have a 40-point triple-double besides LeBron James. Those are the only two players that have had a 40-point triple-double under the age of 21, which is crazy. And the fact that LeBron was 18 when he came into the league... Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So this is uh, Luca when asked about what he thought about joining his idol, LeBron. I mean, it's great, but you know, it feels like uh, every time there's, uh, there's tests like that you don't know about it and you're with somebody like every day and just, you know, it's great. Man. Uh, it's just great to hear. So he says, he says, it feels like every day somebody is telling you you're in a stat group with this player, you know, one individual player. And it's great to hear, but it feels like it happens every time. Someone needs to tell him this doesn't happen every time. This doesn't happen to just anybody. We Like, yeah, sometimes we're picking arbitrary stats. Like, this is the first player under the age of 21 to average, yeah. you know, 25 those points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists, you know, at least. And you're like, okay, those are a little arbitrary, but... He, not every player gets put in these conversations all the time. This is a very rare thing. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, you know he realizes that, uh, how rare it is. He just doesn't express it uh, a lot to media people. But, man, just every time he does talk to the media, all he talks about is wins, man. That's all he wants to do. And I, I thought he, he had a subtle comment tonight of saying, uh, people were asking him about, you know, obviously his performance, individual stats and stuff. And he just, like, in the middle of answers, talking about, yeah, okay. But now, you know, really what means the most is a win. And that, you know, right now we're fourth or fifth in the Western Conference. Like, he knows that after this win, where they're at in the standings, like, he knows more about standing stuff than where he stands statistically individually. And that part for a 20-year-old, no matter if he tracks all the stats, and, and I would, I mean, heck, if I was 20 doing what he, you know, <laughs> he was doing in the league, I would be, you know, I would care about this stuff. I mean, man, that's crazy. I'm with LeBron stuff. <laughs> Whether I'd vocalize it or not, but what he does vocalize centers around 
wins. And that is really impressive for a 20 year old. Exactly. And speaking of impressive for a 20 year old, here's Rick Carlisle on Luca now dictating the offense and then specifically calling a play for Dorian when he was hot. Let's talk about that. And then we'll get into Dorian Finney Smith's amazing game. Well, you know, he had a good game going at halftime offensively. Um, Love the way he accelerated into his shots tonight. There was one time when Luca came down and called a play to get Dorian a three. Um, And, you know, that's an example of a great young player, you know, um, basically saying, hey, you're hot, you're getting the next shot, and he bangs it in. I mean, that's... That's a lot about what a lot of what greatness is about when you talk about you know great playmakers that that instill you know that kind of belief in their teammates. It's really special. So just thought that that that's something we've talked about a lot about Luca having that mental clock of knowing when to get guys involved, and it's it's he's starting to get that I think just calling a play for for Dorian in that moment, knowing he's hot, you know, being excited about Dorian that you know in the post game with with. With Jeff Skin Wade, you know, he was asked, you know, what do you say about this incredible performance from you? And he said, I'll say one word, and it was Dorian Finney Smith, which is, I guess, one, two it's either it's either two or three words. And we're not what does the hyphen mean? Is the hyphen make it two words or one? But anyway, he mentioned Dorian Finney Smith first when he was talking in his, his post game interview. And I just thought that that was great. He's he seems to be an awesome teammate. You know, guys just love him and People have talked about randomly, you know, when is Luca going to turn into the heel? When are when are people going to turn against Luca? You know, it happens for every star, but for now, it seems his teammates love him. They're not, you know, jealous of the attention that he gets. It seems so far, and that he's really carrying himself well. And maybe that's from being a professional since he was thirteen. I mean, I'm sure that has some something to do with it. But it's just incredible to see Luca. And then we'll get into Dorian in a minute. Yeah, um, Rick bringing that up. And sharing that, I love that. That was my favorite part. I immediately texted you. I'm like, we got to use this thing that Rick just said. And just acknowledging that this is what greatness looks like. This is what the great players do. They call the audible. They make a change in a play. They call. You know how many plays there are probably that's called for Dorian Finney-Smith to shoot a three at the top of the key? That's just it's like, that's far down your... Uh, yeah, your priority list when you're calling plays for the Mavericks right now. And the fact that Luca recognized that, recognized that, hey, Dorian is feeling it right now. He's having a career night offensively. I want to run a play for him. And even if Dorian missed that shot, can you imagine like just the confidence in that? That, hey, we're going to run this play. And knowing that this play is going to you, that Rick gives Luca the confidence of calling a play like that and or making audible in it and stuff like that. Like that stuff just, um, it was really cool to get a look underneath the hood a little bit uh, of Carlisle's brain and what the offense is looking like. And just, yeah, Luca making a decision like that. And that goes into Dorian. I mean, they, they have, they praise Dorian so much. And, the organization, obviously, they love him. He's been with the team for four years now, signed, you know, under contract for. And man, if he keeps on going <clears throat> like he like he is right now, that's going to be a heck of a bargain contract for what he signed for. And yeah, I mean, there's a reason why we <laughs> obviously we can have fun with it and joke around. Like we wanted Dorian to start, and this was I wanted Dorian to start from day one. I think he should have been a starter from day one. And hopefully moving forward, it looks like he is solidified as a starter. Absolutely. So let's hear from Luca 
and from Porzingis on Dorian and his great game. Luca, what did you think about Dorian Finney-Smith's play tonight? Oh, yeah, he played amazing. Uh, I'll just say, like, like I said, I mean, he played amazing. Uh, he played amazing in defense, amazing offense, and, you know, uh, that's how he is every game. Oh, a lot easier, you know, he's an amazing defender. He can wiggle, he can shoot, you know, he just, uh, it's, he's uh, all over the court, you know, helping us. Well, not just me, obviously, the whole team. He's, he's one of the keys to this team, for sure. He's great for us. You know, even something like tonight, tonight he was unbelievable. But even the nights when he don't score, I don't know, 20, whatever he scored, 20 and whatever, whatever. But he does a lot of things for us. You know, he's all offensive rebounding, always guards the best guy on the opposite team. And great teammate, speaks on, uh, speaks up on defense all the time. He's loud and, and uh, he just brings that energy and that intensity every night. And, you know, you always, you always want to play with a guy like that. You love to hear it. 22 points for Dorian Finney-Smith. He does so many other things, too, that don't show up in the box score. Uh, I literally, I just had a guy respond to a tweet I just sent, which I thought was was pointed, so I wanted to read it. Uh, I said, I'm super happy for Dorian. You know, he's slowly been on the rise, and he's showing why the Mavs have faith in him. And this guy says he's averaging .5 points per game more than last season. All of his other numbers are below his career averages. This is the sheer definition of overreaction in the moment. Um, oh, my gosh. I have watched every minute Dorian Finney-Smith has played in the NBA, and he does so many other things. And he's starting to put it together by you know his three point shot is, is starting to go down that over the last couple of games. He's an incredible offensive rebounder, which is your your soapbox that you always stand on and talk about. Uh, he had a couple of dishes and passes. He's driving in ways that we've never seen him before. He had a couple of drives. He's had a couple of drives this season, but especially in this game where he's you know he's pumping and running and, and going and he's taking coast to coast. You know that's stuff that he wouldn't do before. When he came into the NBA, he was a guy that he would not make mistakes. And that's why Carlisle loved him so much. The beginning of his rookie year was, you know, who should Carlisle play more? Was it Dorian or Justin Anderson? And the difference yeah. that we saw in those two guys that we talked about on the podcast a lot was Dorian Finney-Smith's a guy that doesn't make mistakes. Justin Anderson is a risk. You you put him in here and he'll you'll put Justin Anderson in there. He'll do like two amazing things a game, but he'll do like 10 stupid things a game. And Dorian Finney-Smith will do you know, like one amazing thing, but he'll do like five safe things and, you know, just do less amazing things, you know, and he's become a guy that can, he's, he's grown into the player that he is now. And it's not all about scoring, but tonight he did, you know, score his career high and it's just, it was awesome to see. And it's good that, you know, these guys are behind him. And I'm, I'm glad that after Dennis left that he didn't get frustrated because that was his guy. It was the Smith way, you know, they loved each other. And, you know, now that he's gone, he's found his place on this team. He's, under contract for a while, and it, it's just great to see that from Dorian. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've been working on a longer uh, story on Dorian for a while, and hopefully it comes out soon. And but we talked about Dennis some tonight after the game, um, and him, and obviously they, they're still big buddies. They still stay in contact, and talked about him playing against each other, you know, last week, and them talking smack to each other and everything, and. Yeah, I mean, to that guy who, you know, responds to you saying it's an overreaction and stuff, uh, I can say it's not an overreaction from the organization because organization thinks that he has improved and that he's a much different player. Um, I, I don't mean this as like a name drop or flex or anything, but I was talking with Cuban earlier today and that 
like he praised Dorian's IQ and how much his basketball IQ has like <clears throat> improved since the he first came into basketball. And that's just one of those things. So you don't, I don't think about that often. I think about if I had to pick one thing, it's like, Oh, he's his shot. Like I, I was fully expecting the shot thing. And it's like, all right, his shot. It, he's really worked on that. Blah, 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 blah. But it was, you know, the proven, you know, like how much he's improved his basketball IQ. And you saw it in that play today. And, you know, he got the ball, he went down the court. He knew that the, you know, like the defense was waiting for him to get the ball back to Luca. And he just took it around the corner and just went in for the dunk. And that, yes, that is something that, you know, three years ago, Dorian doesn't do. And that he has improved as a player, as a decision maker, as a rebounder. He's improved his shot some. And yeah, there's a bigger story behind this, but. When you have guys like Porzingis and Luca, and you have a team that is shooting for the playoffs, and hopefully over the next year or two try to make a deep playoff run, you always need your Deshaun Stevenson types. You need your Bruce Bowens. You need these guys to fit the glue guys to fit in between your stars. And Dorian Finney-Smith is showing right now that he can be one of those pieces. Absolutely, great place to end, guys. We'll be back. The Mavs play next. On yeah, one of the Mavs play next. I do this every on Wednesday against the mighty mighty <laughs> Warriors. The Warriors and all five of the Warriors. Yes, I mean yeah, I mean Mavericks just have won two two games in a row, uh, two games at home. Now they get two more games at home, and we joked at the beginning of this week after they beat the Raptors, like hey, they're winning all four games at home this week, and now they welcome the Warriors. Hopefully, that's an easy win. And uh, literally the worst team in the league right now, worst roster in the league. They have a worse roster than the Knicks, right? I mean, that's safe to say. With yeah, with Curry and Clay out, and and yeah, and D'Angelo Russell out too. <laughs> yes, yeah, Curry, Clay, sure. D'Angelo out. So I mean, um, and then you welcome Cleveland to town on Friday with Kevin Love and those guys, which you've already beat. So if you can pull both these wins off, you've won four in a row. You go up to what ten, 10 and five. five at that point, like you said, and I mean. If they were, if they win two more in a row, national media will be all about the Dallas Mavericks. Of oh man, this is a real team and all this stuff, and it'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So guys, we'll be back tomorrow to preview that game and then another post game over these next couple of days. So thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.